0: Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi, this is Parker Bona III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the
1: stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Ryan Mao and Ronnie Sparks, Jr., Ryan is the associate product manager for Brunswick Deviate and Morich. He works right under Billy Orlikowski, helping out and making sure everything is, uh, everything is great, that you're throwing in all three of those lines. And Ronnie Sparks Jr. is the 2015 USBC Open Singles Championship. Ronnie won that last year at El Paso with a 793. Ronnie also bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. So gentlemen, want to thank you for joining me today. Glad to be How's here, going? Tim. Thanks again. Awesome. Well, uh, here's what I thought I would do. I thought I would get a couple different players and representatives from each of the different manufacturers, kind of talk about the USBC Open Championship patterns, what equipment they think will work best out of their respective brands. So, starting things off here, I guess, with Brunswick. And I guess I'll begin with you, Ryan, as you posted a, a minute and a half video on Facebook that was shared quite a bit, a lot of comments on it, where you went into what your thought was on how to play the team pattern. And I guess if you could just talk a little bit briefly about the team pattern and what you wanted to get across to folks in that video.
2: Yeah, uh, for sure, Tim. Uh, what, uh, what kind of played differently this year? Um, in years past, you know, kind of the, the plan is to team up, use your ten guys or five guys, whatever it may be, and, and try and break the pattern down as best you can from the right to create some friction and and, and have the pattern not play as flat because this year it is quite flat. They've taken the taper, they've made it a little bit weaker taper, which means they've taken a little bit of the oil and put it down lane toward the end of the pattern. So that's kind of been a trend that I've been seeing, especially on the PBA tours. They've weakened that taper up, and it kind of allows you to not be able to blow that spot open down lane like you have in years past. So, in a sense, you know, the, the the pattern kind of starts to hook in the front, but the down lane motion starts to you know not be as strong as, as you may have seen in years past.
1: Great. And in that video, you, you talked about it, and you talked about guys teaming up and kind of playing around that 5-6-7 board, 5-6 board, and then moving, graduating, you know, migrating in and balling down is what you are saying. The one thing I did notice, though, is it seemed like you always still, even if you were throwing... The weaker equipment, you still wanted to keep your surfaces around a thousand or two thousand. So it's not like something you want to be using in team. You want to go to go to a, a shiny ball, a pin up shiny, or something that's going to get get through the heads.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely surface is definitely key. I, I had you know nothing over two thousand grit in, in my arsenal. Everything was, as a matter of fact, everything was pinned down with at least 2000 surface on it or more for the fresh i used um a radical guru which has been one of my favorite balls with 500 on it and you know just trying to keep that area keep the ball on you and not really you don't really have to get on it a whole lot you just kind of roll it up the back the pattern is short enough where you're going to have plenty of hook um off the end of the pattern You just got to kind of camp out in that zone until you start to feel a little bit of friction, and then you can kind of start to ease in left. But it's not a big jump left like you have it as it's been in years past.
1: Well, Ryan, uh, let's turn things over. So, Ronnie, uh, you're going out for your team event. You bowl the 28th of this month, of April. What have you guys seen? Have have you guys been practicing on the pattern or you have you guys got your game plan all set to go and you are you seeing what ryan is talking about as far as how you want to attack the lanes
3: um yeah you know the this tournament you know for me is i kind of always just i i look around and i you know get some feedback on a few things and but i never really try to set too much of a game plan um because You know, teams, when you go for so long or a few years, you just kind of get the idea that, all right, we're going to play up somewhere, you know, like some spot of the lane. It's just, you know, you just kind of wait in here until we figure out where we're going to want it to be. And I'm so fortunate enough that, like, the group I go with, we go a couple days pretty much right at the same time as an older group from our area that have Billy, you know, Billy Orlikowski on the, in the group, and it's like Mick Wissinger and, you know, David Ewald and Terry Crest, some guys that have had some great success winning Eagles and team events and stuff out there, so I kind of always use their, you know, go off of what they're kind of doing because, you know, they're from my area so I can read them the best, you know, and especially with Billy on there, too, it's makes it kind of easier for me to kind of use that game plan. And so it's kind of like a on-the-fly type of game plan for us because we just already know it's going to be an area that has to be tracked up. We're going to, you know, kind of figure it out once we watch those guys go.
1: So, Ronnie, keeping things with you, i got a question for you would be, it's 38 foot pattern. It's one of those patterns like Ryan was just saying. You don't really need to rip on the ball. You just kind of got to let the ball do do its thing and, and let the you know let the ball motion take it to the pocket because you're going to have that hook. How um, how are you guys able to work with? I guess you could say maybe tempering your expectations for that first game and knowing that it's going to come to you in your second and third game once you blow open that spot and are able to move and your you know your big scores are going to come in, in games you know games two and three not necessarily in your first game.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I hope the goal is just to try to, you know, stay patient and not always, like Ryan said, because the biggest thing is, no matter what, we always have that tendency to want to hurry it and jump left and create, you know, and try to open up the lane, but, you know, with the tape, listening to that, you know, um, you know, we're definitely going to, you know, keep in mind, you know, hey, you can move a little left, but, Instead of maybe moving a couple more left with the same ball, maybe go just a few left and go down ball so we can kind of preserve and stay right but still be moving a little, you know, moving left towards the pattern and try to make it work like that. Um, because the down lane, if the down lane's like that and you just cheated left too much, it'll hurt you more than help you.
1: And one of the things that uh, Mo Pinnell put out a, a little great article on where he thought and how he thought to attack the pattern and he had thought that the transition this year was going to be tougher than last year. The pattern's very similar to El Paso from last year, but the transition would be tougher. Is that what... Uh, would you agree with that sentiment, Ryan?
2: I, I do agree with that. Yeah, that's kind of where I was uh, mentioning that taper down lane. There's a lot more oil down lane, and that spot just doesn't develop like it did in years past, and especially last year in El Paso, when there was a still a shorter pattern, but there wasn't as much volume down lane. So... Um, Definitely, the transition is a little bit trickier. Um, again, like like to echo Ronnie what he was saying. It, it's not a big move. It's just maybe just a shell down or a ball down a little bit. But it's still that similar area of the lane that you guys had worked hard breaking down. And um, it, it's just, and it's not panicking. If you see the hook, you know, you just it's just a small, small adjustment to a mellow ball, a smoother ball that you can still stay stay in front of you and not try and give the
1: box away a whole lot. Okay, so I had Eric Vermillion, Eric and his team just got back from uh, Reno last week. They bowled. And Eric, when I asked Eric about this pattern, if he could compare it to anything, he said he go- he went in with the mindset that it's, it's kind of like almost any 38-foot sport pattern. You know, it's, it's pretty flat, and that's the way he goes in. So he doesn't like going in with a preconceived mindset. Is that kind of something? Would you guys follow that same theory of, you know, because I asked them if it played like any patterns that you guys see out on tour, or that you see in the World Team Challenge patterns, or your uh, any patterns like that. Would you agree with that, uh, Ronnie or, and Ryan?
3: Um, I guess I would. I would. I would definitely agree with that mindset because you know it's just you, you know you you want to give the the open championships the prestige that it has, you know, being our oldest tournament, but the same time you don't want to put it on a pedestal when it comes to your performance of pressure and so just to get it as when you look at it on a sheet of paper and take the title of the tournament off it is just a, another 38 foot pattern that you know has been bowled on or you know some type of same characteristics where it shouldn't be anything different but the idea of it is that you know we only have three games per set and stuff like team event, you know, it, it comes down to teamwork. So that's that's where you know, the, the big the play comes in. So it's uh it's just to treat everyone be can relax and treat it like a normal pattern and execute to what will will be successful on that type of pattern and work together and you you'll have good you'll have a good weekend or a good time out there for the guys that are going out there for a weekend of fun, and for the guys that are going out there trying to do better than they did last year, it's just you know I would I, I would definitely agree
2: with that statement. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I and mean, what it still comes down to, no matter what, uh, thirty-eight foot flat pattern open championships, or just your regular city tournament, or whatever it may be, it still comes down to shot making. You still got to make the great shots. Um, it, it is a a tough pattern, you have to make great shots, you have to play them the proper way and you have to have some luck too, you just got to have that, you just got to match up you got to have the right ball, I mean it, it's there's a lot of factors, you know I, I felt I bowled through the ball as well as I possibly could execution wise maybe I had the wrong ball in singles, just didn't didn't have the carry 29 clean out of 30 for 620, so I mean execution wise, I couldn't have done it any better, maybe it could have been a different ball, who knows, but it just still comes down to shot making first and foremost
1: yeah that's an interesting point ryan so let's say you are in that zone like you say where you maybe even you've had the first two games where you're clean and you're like gosh i'm just not you know i'm going going flat 10 four pin flat you know however and this type of pattern do you want to say i need to make a adjustment and your area might go away but your strike percentage may go up or do you just say you know what and I guess it depends on your circumstances you're in too. Do you just say, you know what I'm just gonna grind it out and, and hope it starts carrying or, or, or what do you do in that spot?
2: Well, that's it's that's a million dollar question for sure. I mean it, <laughs> I, I second guess myself the, the entire time. It's like, Well should I have should I have balled down? I had you know, I had my favorite ball, uh, my Brunswick melee jab. I take it everywhere, it's my go to ball and it, it it was reading the pattern properly, but it just wasn't going through the pins the right way. So, you know, do I do I risk it? going away from that and, and balling go going, going to a different ball to try and make it strike and risk going going through the face Greek church having all sorts of problems or trying try and just grind out two O's, two O's, two twenties, which I basically did and you know, I it, it's hard to really get yourself to, to jump into a different ball when you feel like you have the right shape and the right motion if just it just doesn't go through the fins the right way then you know, it's just a really it's a really hard thing to try and risk, you know, your bracket money or your team's score or whatever you want, whatever it may be, it's hard to really get yourself to to commit to that move.
1: Be remiss I didn't mention here folks, before you head out and and check this place out to stay, these are great sponsors of ours. It's the Nugget Casino Resort. Check them out nuggetcasinoresort.com. Got a great room rate, $45 weekday rate, $69 weekend rate. Use promo code GAB180 for that rate, and that that rate includes your resort fees, so we have no hidden uh, fees there. Uh, With that rate, you're also going to get a $10 food credit per stay and two free drink coupons per person per stay, so great stuff there. Check them out. Again, that promo code GAB180, GAB180. To take advantage of that code, keep in mind, please call 1-800-648-1177 for reservations. Again, 1-800-648-1177. Seven, seven They'll be able to hook you up there at the Nugget. Okay, guys, so we talked about the team pattern. Now let's head to doubles and singles. Ronnie, you're the uh, singles winner last year out in El Paso. Are you seeing the, the pattern the same? And I guess in watching some people's doubles and watching even the uh, uh, Junior Team USA support one when they started out, really you kind of s- struggled in doubles. Um how do you how do you try to avoid that? what's I guess the best way to avoid that? I mean, now we get a little bit of practice, but we can't really break down the lanes per se. You don't get enough for that. Is it just stay clean those first first few frames and and you know make sure that, and then hope the lanes come to you and hope you you're in the right zone? Yeah, doubles
3: doubles is such a hard doubles. I feel this is is the hardest is the hardest event of the tournament, man. Because it's. You want, to, you want to preserve the lane, so it comes down to this is the, I mean, we don't want to sound appreciative, but this is the biggest time it comes down to, come to shot making because you got to play a part of the lane to kind of make it work that really should, you shouldn't really be playing as long or, you know, or as far right, but you got to kind of preserve it to even give yourself a decent Overall chance at singles, and it's a it's a thing everyone is under agreeing with. It's another part of teamwork out there, and uh, I mean that's and the lane, if, if you could get away with, you can make some good shots. You could you could get away with some good scores, and two solid scores at doubles can give you a chance at winning. And at the same time, opening up the lanes to make it even easier for you for singles. So it's you know the the game plan is the, the same thing. You know, just trying to stay straighter. And a couple of our guys like to you know be straight. You know, they like to play them on a the straighter side. So we got some luck there, and, and um, yeah, we're gonna just go from there.
1: Okay, before you know, we, it happens, you know? before we hit on um, Ryan, your thought on. How to attack the doubles and singles pattern? I want to hit on something that you just mentioned, Ronnie. Let's say you go out with a group of five, or even if you say ten, take your companion team, and you have a few guys that are more straighter than, unlike guys like yourself, and they have to make their moves. Now their moves really have to be almost double moves because they don't. If their their traditional move would be in the same in the spot where you started, in essence, if they're starting to right of you, they almost have to make their move, make it like a four move, you know, four board move to the left. So they're left of you guys because if they move right where you are, they're going to have just the head oil is going to hook the same. Would that be a fair assessment, Ryan?
2: Yeah, it's an absolutely perfect assessment. Um, the, the straighter guys will we'll have a little bit of a problem because they make a big step left to try and get into the burn that the the more hooking player had to create to start. So it's and then watching the team you or the sorry the support the support group uh, Eric's group. Um, you know, Kristen Morzinski she she's a straighter player and she kinda had that going on with her. perfect example. Um, Novak and Anthony and Eric were starting to migrate left and she was kind of in a little bit of a no man's land, so to speak because she just said that's not her game. So um, she she you know, she grinded out as much as she could and, you know, she still both pretty good for having to to combat what, what their other teammates were doing. <laughs>
1: And then I guess Ryan, my next question then would be the double singles pattern. You know, it's fairly straightforward. How you said the breakdown team? Would you attack double singles probably the same? And would your moves have to just be? I mean, because there's less less play, would your would your moves be less frequent? Then is that a good way to put it?
2: Um, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, as far as breaking them down, we we pretty much had the same. Our group had the same uh, philosophy
1: to try and stay
2: around. You know, right of ten for a good spell, and once uh, once we started to go left, it started to go left pretty quick, because that, again, that middle part of the lane is pretty flat still. So once we went, we kept going every frame or two. But the thing about this, it's funny about the doubles and singles pattern, which, having been there, it felt like that middle started to stretch on you a little bit. You actually could get a little bit of hole. So... In a sense, if you if you could you could have a little bit of miss room, just 'cause of that extra foot and that extra oil down lane, like I spoke of earlier, it just created a little bit of hold. So it it was a little bit different. If you got it right and got it going, just trying it and get, get it going right to left, it kind of hit that spot and kind of hang on you a little bit. So you had to again, you have to, if you're moving left, you still got to keep your angle pretty square. So that's kind of a you know a, a thing for people to watch for.
1: Awesome. And then, guys, we do have to hit on, Ryan, we can begin with you, mentioned um, you, some of your favorite equipment. Let's talk about what what you think, and of course this is all just uh, what you guys have seen up there in, in, uh, in Michigan, but what you are seeing from the Brunswick Deviate 8 and Motive line that you think is going to work well for folks. Um,
3: for, sh- for sure, our strongest stuff, um, the Brunswick Nirvana, the D8
2: Grudge and the Radical, anything in the Guru line of the Radical series. Um, those are our strongest, most aggressive uh, cover stocks that we have. Um, I've used in, in, in my preparation. I used any mix of the three just, just to try and narrow it down to what I would like. What I like to see and it end up in uh, the Radical Guru for my uh, strong ball, for my burn ball, so to speak. And, I actually did a two-inch pin on it, uh, something I do a lot for, for leak patterns. Just kind of a, a blender. It just hits the, it hits the dry, and it, it doesn't really do a whole lot. And it almost acts in a sense of a a urethane ball that absorbs oil. So that I can keep in front of me, but still has enough, enough teeth and enough shell where I can get the ball to make a corner. Make a and, and then put the, the patterns and the length they are, you don't need all that down the lane. So it just kind of rolls off the back end of the pattern and it just gave me a really good look for every every point during the fresh uh, throughout the tournament.
1: So I guess then guys it sounds like you want to stick to that stronger stuff and then surface is going to be key as well because you can take some of the stuff you're talking about and if you adjust the surface you're going to have a whole new look from a bowling ball. Just talk about what you have in your bag and what you've been seeing you know, in your practice sessions and what you've been liking out of the Brunswick V eight and Mo Rich line. Yep.
3: Well, what I was, what I've been thinking about and doing is, you know, for that since I'm flying there, I always just really try to do my go-tos, and um, so I'm gonna, you know, my ultimate Nirvana, uh, my regular Nirvana, uh, Melee Hook, um, uh, you know, something like probably my Grudge, you know, something on the just for the. Sh- the drier patterns, the balls that roll earlier for me, I can kind of smoothen them out and kind of keep a predictable ball reaction. So I usually don't step down two, two weak of bowling balls. So the, the strongest ones I'll have, like I said, will be Nirvana, Oxford Nirvana. Um, benchmark will be like melee hook. Um, and towards the end, it'll probably probably be danger zone or my famous LT48 that I used last year in singles um, to win. So so it's kind of, so we'll see, uh, you know, those will be kind of what I go with or I would.
1: And then, of course, guys, both of you will end on this note, and Ryan and Ronnie, you can both comment on this. Also, take, a, take advantage if you're heading out there at, at the pro shop there. Those guys are out there all the time, all the ball shops. And, um, and, Ryan, what are your thoughts on that, I guess, because those guys are having people com- come through you know, on a daily basis and understanding what's going to work out there and what isn't going to work out there. So if anything, talk to the guys about surface out there if you have a question, and by all means, everyone's going to be able to help you out.
2: Yeah, definitely. They're, they're uh, very good. They're, they watch bowling every day, so they're out there checking things out. They, see, they know there's some good players coming in. They'll definitely make a point to go watch them and see what they're doing and what they're attacking with and surface wise um, they're a very good asset to have when they go out there Um, just make just you know say hey you know I'd like to know what's going on they'll they'll be happy to help you I know I did when I was out there Um, Eric Flanders in the Storm Booth he's a West Michigan guy so I got some information from him and as well as the Brunswick Booth those guys do a great job Kent Wagner in the the crew and um, so yeah I mean they're a great asset for people that are just a little bit uneasy of what what to expect and what to see they're they're there to help.
3: Oh, and I and I definitely agree with Ryan there. I I mean I'm I definitely have, uh, you know the testimony because uh, you know I took a few balls last year but like I said how I told you earlier um, that I have the pleasure of watching some good buddies of mine ball so I actually took two blank balls last year. I took a blank soul and I took a blank uh LT48. And I laid out the LT48 how I wanted it after I watched them all and they drilled them for me. And like I said, the LT48 was what I used for singles last year. So so not only are they knowledgeable, but I'm very comfortable with them drilling and fitting my hand. And I have a couple uh, weird things about my drilling that they nail. So, you know, it's, it's just So easy and so comfortable, and you know they're gonna welcome you. So it's so much knowledge, and they're gonna take care of you with good customer service. So I think it's I think
1: it's great. Awesome. And if you want to check uh, Ronnie Sparks Jr., he's gonna be on Bowl TV. This is uh, April 29th. It's a Friday from 12 to 3 local time, so 3 to 6 East Coast time. You can check him out. They're gonna be live streaming his event. Matt Canazaro and the guys do a great job there. So check that out there. And uh, I want to thank you guys both for joining me. Now, as uh, many folks can tell, you guys are both on the road. You're actually both going to bowl tournaments here as we record this. So everyone's always busy, but I appreciate the time you guys have given us and all the insight. And uh, all the best of luck for, uh, for everyone. And we'll be watching Ronnie. We'll be watching you on, uh, on Bowl TV. And, uh, Ryan, best of luck when you head out there. And uh, we'll talk to you guys down the road.
3: I thanks,